Hello. It's just me. There's nobody else here today. Over the course of 20 episodes, a lot of things have been missed or skimmed over, and for good reason. You've missed hours and hours of awkward pauses, delays as I look up rules, unfunny banter about current events, and people getting confused and having to explain things a hundred times in a row. However, occasionally I do have to cut things that are interesting at the very least, or slightly entertaining. But not today. Oh no. For episode 20, and for mission 3 more specifically, there's so much detail that I really want to let you know about, I've decided to make this little episode to inform you of some of those things, as well as other miscellaneous things related to the podcast. So, greetings citizens, and welcome to episode 20.5. I know that many of you were hoping for a more satisfied conclusion to mission 3. In fact, I know that the players were too, but they didn't get their wish. You, however, will get to know a few things that the players do not, such as who was that assassin, why did they do it, or why did anything happen at all. That seems like a good way to open this episode up. Oh, but before I forget, speaking of things that the players want to know, they had a lot of questions about what happened with that vault explosion, and sadly, not all of their discussion was caught on tape, so I'd like to just review a few things that the players have discussed. There was a lot of confusion about what exactly happened, so I drew a diagram of the vault room. Normally, we don't have a lot of maps in our Paranoia games. I find most scenarios are easier to run without them, and I especially don't make many maps after the mission. But this time, I felt that people legitimately deserved to have a few more clues about what exactly went on with the mysteries in this room. Unfortunately, I cannot show you the diagram over this podcast, but... If you want to see the image, it will be pinned among the small bits of extra content in our Discord channel, so if you'd like to see it, you can find it there. What I can tell you about, of course, is what the players discussed. The most common questions were about what was or was not caught on the camera. The camera in the room had an excellent view of the door to the room, but not much else. Which is something that I decided later. That's the nice thing about being the Game Master, you can define specific details afterwards to make things more fun. Now, specifically, Roger B. and Kyle were conveniently just off the camera's frame of vision when the lights went off, and then on again. So, as far as people viewing the footage are aware, the strange flesh monster that was spotted right at the edge of the camera was a new addition to the room. Did it kill Kyle and Roger, or did one of them transform into it? Those are the two prevailing theories, anyways. The latter theory is almost correct. The players couldn't really find anyone to squeeze information out of. Kyle claims that his last memories were looking into the vent, which is very suspicious, but as we've seen previously on the show, since you lose your last few memories when you die, Kyle's unusual behavior in the metagame sense could easily be explained by me, the Game Master, telling him that he's not allowed to talk about the monster coming out of the vent, or about something that killed him in the last few moments. That's not true, of course, but things like that can happen in the game, and thus he's using it as his alibi, simply stating that he was investigating the vent, he heard something, and that's the last thing he remembers before... well, you know. Okay, that was part one of this episode, recapping you on what the players think is happening. Of course, what you really want is part two, what the players don't know is happening. I have had to think about how I'll present this information because it's weird. I don't mean that the plot is weird, although it is, I just mean that the way that I store information is weird. 
You have to understand that my notes for paranoia are actually pretty scarce. Despite my missions lasting around 4 hours or more, the files I have for them are about 2,000 words or less. It's just cliff notes for me to stimulate my brain to remember what it is that I want to do. The only things I really write in detail are things that I absolutely positively cannot afford to get wrong. For example, people's names, specific numbers, timelines of events, stats, and so on. The downside to this method is that, of course, it makes it hard to run the scenario again or to explain it to other people. But there's a lot of upsides, too. For one, players don't like it when you're reading off of a script instead of actually having a conversation with them. They can tell. Two, it would make it take twice as long or more to actually finish writing a mission for me. And three, if I think of some cool plot elements in the future that I want to tie into a past mission, I'd have to rewrite all this stuff anyways. So the point of what I'm telling you is that when I tell you this upcoming story, when I say stuff like Entity X, which could be a particular group of high clearance citizens or possibly just one violet or ultraviolet individual, have a particular motive to remove something from an internal security base. I'm not withholding that information from you by being vague. That's literally what the details are. Secret schemes in Alpha Complex usually involve several dozen characters with their own goals and parts to play, and I, I don't have time to flesh out all of that plot. And, as I already just said, if I did, it would be that much harder to tie in future content to stuff that already happened if I think of something cool down the road, in the middle of the mission or in the next one. Okay, that's it for my explanation. Now, here's the actual story of the mission. Entity X, which could be a group of high-clearance citizens or possibly just one violet or ultraviolet individual, have a particular motive to remove something from an internal security base. However, this needs to be a ghost-level removal. It absolutely positively cannot be traced back to Entity X. If it does, the consequences would be more severe than having not attempted the mission at all. The object is locked up in one of the secure armory cages. There's simply no way to get in without genociding the guards, which isn't an option. So the only way to calmly and quietly remove it would be by having someone authorized to do so make the removal. But, of course, that would also leave evidence. Two characters are assigned to this mission. The first one we will call Agent 1, an Indigo Clearance internal security overseer. He is closely tied to Entity X, but not directly tied to it. The second is Agent 2 a professional mercenary, yellow clearance, no ties to Entity X at all. He was transferred to this particular internal security base as a general staff member three months before the mission. Some other people have been orchestrated to help out with this mission, but they don't know it. They are the troubleshooters. By now, you can probably piece it together. The computer was fed some false information about a mission, and Agent 2's job was to complete his assassination just as described. Ideally, the players would have been apprehended, and internal security would get into a legal shit-flinging match with the troubleshooters as they try to figure out whose fault this is. Meanwhile, Agent 2 would cause a breach in the security room disguised as a green officer, afterwards simply removing the green outfit and returning to his duties. The physical confusion at the time and the lack of secure film records means that Agent 1 would be legally untouchable. No green officer would risk their career on a slight suspicion that the missing item might have been because of a indigo visiting when there are much easier targets to slap the blame onto. As it turns out, the troubleshooters did not catch the fall, but the hunt for the assassin still served its purpose. By making sure that this assassination had several layers of confusion surrounding it, Entity X knew that, even if one of the elements went wrong, 
there would still be enough problems going on that internal security wouldn't be able to handle them all at once, leaving them wide open for someone to simply walk in and take the item. Now, that's what did occur, but what might have happened differently if things had gone another way? I'm sure that for a time, my players must have felt like this mission was designed for them to fail. Well, all paranoia missions are, now that you mention it. But no, it was possible to catch this assassin. Now, if they had, I can't say for sure what would have happened. My intentions were that, however the fight went down, if the players won, they would injure him enough to get him on the floor, limping, or otherwise unable to make a good escape. Then they'd have a chance to interrogate him. Or, you know, they could just blow his brains out immediately. I can't discount that possibility. But if they didn't, he'd have a trick or two up his sleeve. He's a professional secret agent. He's got backup plans. He's a pretty reasonable fellow, although he wouldn't hesitate to kill any of them if the players give even a slight chance. When making the mission, I practiced a few voice lines for him, as I often do with new characters. I imagine he would have said something along the lines of... Ah, took all this time to make sure I wouldn't get caught by internal security, and here I am getting my ass busted by some troubleshooters. Really makes you think, huh? Hey now, don't step any closer. I've got a self-destruct and some things you might want to discuss. I'm sure you want to turn me in alive and get a nice promotion, but that's not going to happen. You can't interrogate a red stain on the ground. You can ensure you don't get blamed for Mara B's unfortunate demise, though, if you'll do me a favor. All I want you to do is let me get away. Hey, come on, don't look at me like that. I'd rather not pay for a new clone. Look, I'll leave you some of my gear as evidence, not to mention this little disc with the footage of you not murdering anyone on it. Or, if you prefer, you can try to take me in, and all that stuff will explode. The assassin would abide by this deal as long as he doesn't see a good way to backstab the troubleshooters. What would happen after that? I can honestly say I don't have a clue. I have no idea how the players would react to this guy or his proposition. There was, of course, a way that they could get immediately promoted to yellow. If they managed to get him into this position, and then they had the knack to stop him from exploding himself and turn him in alive, they would get a promotion for sure. This is, of course, almost impossible, because they don't even know what kind of self-destruct he has or how he triggers it. But one possibility would have been for them to use a sleeping drug on him, rendering him harmless until they can get a metabot to remove whatever cyanide or bomb is on him. There are often hypothetical solutions to missions, very specific and improbable circumstances that could result in the players winning big time. In Mission 1, they really did do quite remarkably, in a very similar situation in which a bad guy had a self-destruct. That was when they found the secret robot and disabled the bomb. Of course, they didn't actually capture the bad guy in that mission, which is why they didn't immediately get promoted. This is a similar scenario right at the end, but it's about a hundred times harder. But of course it would be silly if I just gave them the same level of challenge, especially when they succeeded last time. So that about covers it for Mission 3. I really didn't have any idea what the actual end of the mission would be. There's just so many things that could happen. They could find the guy and catch him. They could find him and not catch him. They could catch him without even realizing they have caught him, or they could not catch him at all. And if they catch him, of course, they could simply shoot him and I wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Or maybe there will be internal security agents in the area when they catch him, and he won't really be able to try to bribe them in that way, and I'd have to come up with something slightly different. So now you can probably understand what I mean when I say that I really don't write everything out. There's just way too many things that could happen for me to bother doing that. I just make a, what I like to think is, 
a very fun scenario and lead the players through it and see where they go. And I make up the last bits as I go along. The next thing I want to talk about is getting mad at paranoia or other tabletop games. This is mostly advice for people who run games or want to run games, but it could also be advice for players. Or you could share it with your friends and family. I think the best way I can summarize the wisdom I've accumulated is players don't like it when you knock over their tower of blocks, but players do like it, or at least tolerate it, when you give them a pile of blocks and say, this used to be a tower, you need to make it into one again. Just as an example, let's uh, say Dungeons and Dragons, players don't like it when they spend a lot of time making, let's say, an elaborate backstory for their family, and you immediately kill their family as a way to cause drama, or if they spend a lot of time making an elaborate headquarters, and then you immediately have that headquarters get blown up or raided as a way to move the plot forward, or if they come up with a very strict code for their monk character, and then you ruin their life by making them have an impossible choice and they have to break all their vows immediately when the game starts, because that would be Mm, character development? And it is, don't get me wrong, but it's not something that they're going to like, and it's probably something that you should talk to them about if you're going to do any of those things. Now, of course, paranoia doesn't really have any of those things at all. You don't have any family members in paranoia, and you don't really have any classes or specific characteristics you could violate other than, you know, the rules of Alpha Complex, which would just kill you anyways. Uh, but the second example, the headquarters one, is one I would like to talk about. You may have noticed that the players kind of have a headquarters now, the cave that they found. It's going to become much more important as we go on. Now, at any time, I could just say that it's been found and, well, that would be it. It would no longer be a safe location. The players would have to find a new one. Everything that was there would be lost. And that's the best case scenario, which is assuming that it never gets tied back to them. If I do that, it would be unfun. Everyone would get mad. The only reason that I would even consider doing that is probably if the players do something that is such a huge mistake that they really know that they need to be punished for it. Players are more accepting of bad things happening to them if they know that they messed up. Not just like a bad dice roll, but they know that they really made some terrible decisions. On the other hand, in Mission 3, the premise doesn't really involve ruining something that they made. I didn't make their characters commit some sin by force and then make them pay for it. They just kind of went on their mission and suddenly everything's gone wrong. It's not the mission that they thought they were going to get. They could get in a lot of trouble if they get found with this dead body. They have to figure out something to do. That is the pile of blocks that I say, here's a pile of blocks that used to be something good. Now fix it. Now the thing that happened with Fritter, him hitting the explodey button. That's, I'd like to think, something that is not me necessarily knocking over a pile of blocks that he's made, although your character and progress yourself, such as getting to orange, kind of falls into the category of something that you, the player, made, and you don't like to lose it. So I would say that it's kind of unfair. It's kind of unfair, and therefore Fritter has a right to be mad. In previous games of Paranoia that I've run, I really haven't done as good a job as I've done this game of keeping people from actually getting furious at the game. I think that both me and my players have learned a lot. I'm not going to point out specific people, but in a previous instance of the game, I don't remember the exact details anymore, but a player's objective was conflicting with the main objective of the group, as things often do, and it was found out in such a way that 
neither the party as a whole or the player was willing to back down. Things escalated, and unfortunately, at that exact moment, I decided to go make a sandwich because I was hungry. And I said, you guys can work this out, and I'll come back after I'm done, and then we can continue. That was probably the worst mistake I've ever made game mastering. Uh, when I came back, the entire party was at each other's throats. Don't let your players work things out themselves, especially if you can think of a better solution. The problem with that situation was that somebody's block tower has to get pushed over. It's either going to be the party's block tower or that character's block tower. And when you get into a situation like that, it's just bad. You have to rely on the maturity of your players. If you don't have the ability to do that, then my best compromise situation would be to hurt everybody a little bit, uh, which may not even make sense in context, but at least it'll keep people from actually getting furious at each other. Just to be fair, I'm also going to tell you an example from when I first started playing Paranoia, and I wasn't a very good, smart, mature, or interesting player. My team was on a plane heading to our destination, and I needed to interact with one of the robots on our team for one of my secret missions. I specifically needed to, I don't know, upload something, download something from it? It doesn't matter. This was almost a decade ago. I got caught, but I got caught in sort of a strange way. You see, this was on the application J Paranoia, which is an online application that lets you play Paranoia with some helpful tools. I don't know if it's still around. It probably is. In any case, one of the players was not actually at the game at that time, so the Game Master was just kind of controlling them temporarily, which is something that you might be familiar with in any kind of game. If a player has to step out for a bit, sometimes the Game Master will just take them over. In this case, the Game Master decided that they were not fooled by the explanation that I had for why I was doing the thing I was doing, and they killed me with that character. Now, I was very upset by this because I was quite positive that I could, in fact, convince the actual player that what I was doing was okay, or at least not bad enough that they need to shoot me. I definitely could have handled it better. I didn't ruin the whole game or anything, but I got very pouty and probably made things unfun for the rest of it. Now, was it a big deal what happened to me? I mean, I lost a clone and I lost any chance of completing my objective for that mission. But, I mean, it's paranoia. It's not your character, it's a clone. You've got six of them and you can probably buy more. Not to mention that in this particular kind of game, which was just a one mission, you die much faster than you do in a longer campaign. I felt like my tower of blocks had been pushed over. Really, I hadn't planned things that carefully. Looking back, it is my fault that I got caught, and I can understand that the Game Master wanted to punish me for it. The player that was there probably could have been convinced to do something less than the Game Master did, but it's such a small detail that I was getting hung up on that I don't really think it really mattered. I really should have just let it go. The reason I'm telling you this story is because it's a good example of overreaction. Now, was Fritter overreacting to getting blown up and demoted? Mm, maybe a little bit. I mean, I did specifically say when it happened that he was still very close to being orange and he could easily make his way back. I wasn't literally taking orange away from him and making him lose a clone and making him lose money. Some of those things happened, yes, but it's really not quite as devastating as it seemed. And it was only the first clone that he lost in the entire campaign, so, I mean, he's still at quite an advantage compared to the other players. Looking back on the situation, it probably would have been better if I gave him some kind of dice roll. That was his main complaint, and it's a fairly valid one. As I discussed in the episode, I killed him because 
according to my secret statistics, which I've been tracking, he really needed to get punished for some of his stuff in order to preserve the game balance, and he just hadn't been getting hurt for reasons of either my failings to actually punish him, or just getting really, really lucky. I needed to correct this, but even things like luck or the Game Master forgetting something can feel like a tower of blocks that you've built up. In some cases, it really is. I mean, if I just directly said what I was doing, you've been too lucky with dice, you need to get hurt by something, so this is what I'm doing, then I think he would have a right to be furious. And what I was doing was really just a more subtle version of that. So I kind of regret what I did. Although I do think he overreacted a bit, I also think that I definitely could have done it a lot better. When your player says they're going to do something stupid in Paranoia, you have every right to punish them. And slamming his body into the light switch was stupid, but really not that stupid, especially since the exit button wasn't actually defined as something that they absolutely weren't supposed to touch. It was just kind of a precarious object. So my lesson learned from this is that it really wasn't a challenge, it was just a summary execution. I mean, part of me would like to argue that the challenge is don't slam yourself into a wall when I explicitly said there's a mysterious button next to the switch that you're pressing. But no, I'm not going to excuse myself that way. I'm going to say that I definitely fucked up and I could have done better. And in the future, I'm going to attempt to make sure that when I come at someone like this for karmatic justice, I make sure that I do it in such a way that it is not a inescapable punishment. It's just something very challenging that's going to have to happen to them, which I think is usually what I end up doing. It's just that in this instance, I guess I chose something because it seemed like a really great opportunity, but in hindsight, maybe it wasn't the most fair opportunity. Well, that's a little bit over 20 minutes of content. I planned on this being a shorter episode to give me more time to do other things this week, but I didn't plan on it being quite that short, so I have a surprise for you. I grabbed each of the players at different times and did a little question and answer session with each of them, and so, let us now transition. So, Ram, uh, some questions. This first one is from our Discord. Uh, it is a question for everybody, and the question is, if you got to pick a different secret society to be in, what would you pick? Communists. Hand down, hands down, the communists. Communists. Just, yes, absolutely. They are the most comedic, and I find the funniest secret society because... You are the most not allowed to be in them. Yes, it is but... probably the hardest society to be in. Perhaps even harder than things like uh, Scion or Purge or other really treasonous stuff. Just because uh, you have absolutely no allies and everything that you do to gain points in your society is very obvious stuff that will get you terminated. Yeah, but I mean, like, listen, like I'm on hard mode right now. I feel like I'm on hard mode with my society. And with a communist, I'm gonna get in there. And if you play it like a like a crazy person, like the person you're describing in your description, you're not gonna have a good time. If you play it like I would, you come in with the Russian accent, you wear the hat and everything. Damn, you're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be a quick. You live quick and you die fast. Yeah. I guess being Illuminati might be harder than being a communist, but I'm not sure. I guess I would need a. I would. I've. I've only. Uh, I've never played a communist as a player. I played Illuminati once. Uh, and it was, How it, was, was that? it was interesting. Um, uh, my game master kind of fucked me uh, in a way that I, I'm still pissed about. Uh, they, I had to deliver, I had to deliver a note to somebody, and I did, and I said, "Here you go. This is something friend computer wanted me to give you." And none of the other players in the game noticed it. Uh, but then they kept saying, "I don't understand what's on this note. Can you explain it to me?" But my objective was to not read the note, so I said, "I kept saying, no, I can't. 
no, forget about it. But he kept doing it, and eventually all the other players noticed that something was going on. Uh, and after this went on for like three minutes, eventually I was just like, all right, I'll read the fucking note. And I opened it, and he said, all right, your head explodes. Um, and to this day, to this day, I still don't know what he wanted me to do. I don't know what my, what I was supposed to do to solve that. I think, it, like, looking back, what I would have done, I would have just, I would have just, like, this was an in-person game. So there was actually a physical note that we were handing back and forth. But I would have just, like, pulled my hands away and said, no, I... I cannot. I do not. I don't know anything. It was given to me to give to you. I can't read it. I don't understand it. It's above my clearance level. I just you ran. Know, I, I seem to recall you giving me an objective where I wasn't allowed to open something. I've probably given you a hundred of those. No, you specifically, in the mission that I think they just finished listening to, you gave me the thing. It said, don't look, don't look at this. Uh, and I had to give it to the guy. Yeah. I don't remember if you specifically weren't supposed to look in it, but you... I wasn't supposed to. It said, don't open this. Yes. I, I guess that I guess that was similar, although yours was much easier than the one that I was given. If I opened it, would my head have blown up? Uh, no. I, uh, I had, I had other horrible things that would happen. Great. Okay, well, that, that was... Thanks. That was a bit long for, for one thing, um, but I guess I got off on a tangent there. Uh, this this is this is just a question from me. This is not from any Discord user, but I thought it would be good to add. Um, what secret society would you least want to be in? Illuminati. Yeah. Somehow I thought I was going to get that answer from you. It sucks. I hate it. It's bad. I thought it would be you know, fun. You always say that you I thought hate it would be the cool. things that I make you do in games, but I feel like you're having fun. You're just you're. I'm... Listen, I always manage to turn whatever's happening to me into my own personal inferno. Mm. You know this. Yeah. And this is just a very nasty one that has turned out poorly for me in many ways mm. uh, that people will find out uh, later. All right. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, the next question, this is from Discord, and it is for everybody. Do you have any regrets? Mm. I... I regret... This is paranoia yeah. regrets, by the way, just to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking I had, you know, briefly rolled back through my life. But uh, I regret trusting some people with secrets. Um, I feel like I've told some people some things that could bite me in the butt. And I've had to... Is it, I assume uh, this is stuff that happens after Mission 3, right? Stuff that happens after Mission yeah. 3. Um, I've had to give people other secrets to calm them down hmm. about some of the secrets that I might have let out. Um, I find that telling people things that they want to know uh, but aren't the important things tends to get them the hands off the trigger, right. uh, which is generally what I want to be, is uh, alive. not anywhere near that situation. Okay. Uh, the next one is, what, what stunt are you most proud of having pulled off? I am unreasonably proud of the assassination mission. Um, just the just that stupid tire, getting that tire to just be perfectly per well. That's the one. That's the one that I can talk about. Uh, that one, I'm extremely happy that that got I pulled that off because I got made very early on, and I had to completely do nonsense crap to cover it up. Uh, and they still don't know what's going on. Uh, the other thing I'm I'm most proud of, uh, don't think I'm actually most proud of, I can't talk about, but it's uh, when I convince people to do something stupid. <laughs> uh, that, that could be any time. 
uh, right before I entered uh, my most dangerous situation. Mm. Oh, uh, it. I'll cut this part out. But but are you talking about uh, getting to open the? Yes, getting everything that happened in the room. Just everything that happened there is what I was most proud of. Is getting that mission complete, and then having it immediately blow up in my face. All right. Uh, let's see now. Uh, and only one more question. Just uh, just a moderate amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time goes into you playing the game? Uh, meaning, how much time do you spend thinking about your your plans for what you're going to do outside of actual sessions? Mm. Uh, it depends on what I have to do. You know, it depends on what the society mission is. If it's some, it's really it is actually completely dependent on the society mission. I feel like, um, for example, the the mission of you know just give a guy a thing. I didn't spend much time planning outside of it because I was like, you know, I'll just find out with this guy and give him a thing. But uh, in specifically in in later missions, just like. I, I anticipate when I anticipate that the society mission is going to be really bad. I come up with all sorts of excuses and cover stories, uh, and that can take hours. Just I'll be doing other things, and I'll be thinking, all right, what's my cover if I get made this way? What's my cover if I get made that way? How do I sell people that I'm in this society when I'm also in this one? And it's you know, it's so dependent. All right, and uh, last thing, this is just something I want to ask you, uh, knowing knowing that the viewers have just come to the end of. Uh... The end of mission three. What what do you want to say to them? Is there anything you want to? Would you, do you have any message for them? Yeah, uh, I would like you to acknowledge that I am the greatest team leader who cares the most about his team. I don't want us to get in trouble at all ever, and I love to cover up for the group because the group is the most important entity in paranoia. It's the most important, because the second you have somebody who decides that you are a liability, the group fractures and it becomes just everyone shooting each other. So knowing that kind of, you know, wrangle everyone together and and save each other's butts, that, that really builds a lot of goodwill that I can then spend in enormous ways later uh, when they all point guns at me. Mm. That's it. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time. Yep. You can have it. Okay, we have uh, questions. This uh, is question and answer with Kyle. Light. What was that? What? What? This, this is lights. No. No? Uh, so the first question is, if you got to pick a different secret society to be in, what would you pick? The Illuminati. Illuminati? Yeah, the Illuminati. Interesting. I... Now, I the phrasing of this is a different secret society, but I imagine that you would probably pick Purge, right? I mean, isn't that your ideal? Yeah, because I, I think you got, I think you actually got what you wanted. I just want to specify that. And then I think, uh, I think we're probably gonna know the answer to this already. But my my personal addition to this question is, what secret society would you least want to be in? Yes, CCCP. And now, is that is that true? Because that's that's what you got on your first roll, but then you rerolled and got purged. So did you really go from your least favorite to most? Favorite? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Nothing but else. Sierra club romantic. So you, none of those are less interesting to you. <laughs> I would love to be in the romantics. Yeah. As long as I'm in, I'm as, as long as I'm in a certain sect of the romantics, I'd love to be in the romantics. Otherwise I, I, I don't know. Just be a day job. The Warhammer 40 K set. Uh, yes. The Warhammer 40 K set. That'd be pretty good. Actually. 
Uh, I don't think the other players... I don't think it would be fair to the other players because they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between how you normally act. Uh, The next question is, uh, do you have any regrets? No. None? None. None at all. No regrets. Never regret. All right. Um, And this next one is, what stunt are you most proud of having pulled off? (laughs) Uh, I assume this pertains to this game um, but if but if not you how about how about both what this game and also in general in general you know what it is it's the train story yes uh the train story would you do you want to tell that or should i tell that i think you should tell because you have the gm perspective all right well i i think i've probably said this somewhere in my gm notes in this campaign but in case i haven't um i give people missions of various difficulties uh, sometimes people don't even have a mission, a, a secret mission, that is, for a regular mission. Sometimes I give them really impossibly hard ones just uh, for fun. Um, and the, it happens that the first time that I played Paranoia with this group of people, um, I gave Kyle the hardest of the missions. And the hardest of the missions was uh, to film a fight on top of a moving train. And there was a, there was a train. They did take a train in this mission, but it was there was absolutely no reason for any of them to go on top of it or to fight on it or for anyone to fight on it or be on top of it so it was essentially impossible um now i believe there was an argument between two players what was the argument about i think it was if someone should eat some radioactive hot fun or was that later Um, or no that was part of it what happened i believe was uh fritter got slighted in some manner who knows how probably Mm -hmm. because uh by lights and that he pissed off lights somehow and lights demanded that as recompense he eat a radioactive hot fun to get rid of it because we were trying to figure out a way to get rid of it and lights says we should make fritter eat it because he deserves to yes we should make him eat it and And of course fritter didn't want to eat it (laughs) of course fritter didn't want to eat it so first i suggested we put it all on top of the train to get rid of it which yes because he wanted to get on top of the train because i want to get on top of the train which by the way wouldn't have solved the problem because it'd still be on top of the train and that'd come up later. But I didn't care about that. What I cared about was getting everyone on top of the train. So, Lights, because he's manic, was like, alright, yeah, I'll start putting on top of the train. But I still want Fritter to eat it. And I, I just sat there thinking, and I, I don't remember how I convinced him or how I got it, but I eventually Shanghai Fritter and accepting either eating the hot fun or uh, beating the shit out of Lights, beating the shit out of each other. And I said, well, we can't fight in the train, but we can fight on the train. And, and somehow Fritter and Lights went along. For some with reason it. it clicked. Everyone was like, yeah, that makes sense. We can't fight in the train, but we can fight on the train. In fact, we have a comic about it somewhere. We do. Um, we do I, have maybe a comic. I'll post that. I'll, I'll, I'll post that. Uh, some of that. I think we might have more than one I- images somebody drew about that. And then what what about in this campaign? That that's probably your greatest achievement, but what about in this campaign? What are you most proud of doing? In this campaign so far, uh, I mean instinctively I want to say blowing up the elevator because no one has called me out on that. But at the same time it's so it's so unbelievably obvious that I blew up the, the elevator. Sure. I think uh killing the blue man, blue man group. Yeah, it wasn't, that's, it wasn't, that's the most recent thing the, play, the viewers have uh, seen. It wasn't and, uh, particularly clever, and it wasn't particularly 
smart. <laughs> but it just the, happened to go your way. <laughs> it happened to really go my way in the ensuing panic it caused in Fritter, yes. Alright. Well, uh, let's see. That I think that's enough time on that question. Let's move on to um how much time do you spend uh on paranoia outside of the game? How much time do you do you spend thinking about what you're gonna do next or planning stuff? I usually spend like, I don't know, a couple days before and after each session. But other than that, uh, it really it's just when inspiration strikes me when I'm doing something else. So I, I'd say probably just, you know, like two or three days after after and before each session. Uh, and those aren't those aren't marathon days, I assume. What do you mean? Like I don't spend you, all the time you, but you don't spend you don't spend seventy two hours on it, I mean. No, you know? no. Just like, you know, maybe a couple hours or a few hours. Or, sure. you know, just on and off while I'm doing other things. Right. And, uh, okay, I think that is it. That's it. If I draw you with the name Kyle, would you get mad at me? I mean, yes, on principle, but it wouldn't really affect it because it's just us two, so I know who the other person is. So, here is our question and answer. Okay. This is with lights. Say hello, lights. I wanted to be Kyle. You Would you like me to read you Kyle's questions instead? Yeah. Too bad. Oh. So first we'll start with um, general questions for everybody. Okay. The first question is, if you got to pick a different secret society to be in, what would you pick? FCCCP. Really? Yeah. You got to do that once before. In fact, in the previous campaign that we played, which was maybe two years ago. Yeah, I didn't proselytize nearly enough. No? No. I feel like you did a pretty good job. You made pamphlets and everything and handed them out. Yeah, but like that's just level one proselytizing. I need to like go on like actual crusades. I see. We need to destroy right. the anti-computer. Um, so that question was from a Discord user. This next one is just from me personally, because uh, I think it's a good addition. What secret society would you least want to be in? Uh, hmm. 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 Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot that you wouldn't want to be in? Well, I mean, there's a lot that I'm very neutral in. I don't know if there's any that I actively don't want to be in. Mm. Like, I think there's a lot that are very boring to be in. Like, I don't think I'd get a lot of value if I was, like, a uh, Sierra Club member. Sierra Club can be fun. <sighs> I don't know. I've never been in it. I've never been in any secret society. Mm. I don't know. I mean, am I allowed to say the Illuminati? Or will that get me shot for knowing that the Illuminati exists? Um, you're, you're allowed to say the Illuminati. This is completely out of character. Okay. Uh, yeah, it the Illuminati. You wouldn't want to be in the Illuminati? Yeah, in fact, remember that time I rolled Illuminati and I said, can I re-roll? And you said, okay. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, see? Alright. Uh, let's see, next question. Do you have any regret? Mm. You know, I'd answer, but it's going to say something that happens in the future, so I don't think I can say that. Um, you, you can say it, and if you, if it, if you can't do that, then I'll, I'll, I'll change it, I'll edit it out. I regret impersonating Insect for no gain to myself. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I might leave that in because it's going to be a surprise no matter what happens. Okay. And plus, he didn't say what happens as a result of it. So, all right. Uh, let's see. What stunt are you most proud of having pulled off? Um, I'm a really big fan of managing to not get destroyed for uh, hacking a robot to punch me repeatedly, and then they put me in charge of checking to see why the robot punched me repeatedly. Yeah, uh, that, right to get away with any of that. That is pretty impressive work. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say that probably is the best thing you've gotten away with, actually, even though it was so early. 
Yeah. Because you really did get away with it. I don't think anyone knows even to this day. I mean, uh, Kyle was putting a gun to my head, but I think that I managed to successfully uh, faint him. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see now. All right. So this next question is, how much time do you put into the game outside of the game? How much time do you spend planning what you're going to do or making secret pacts and things like that? Uh, let's see. Let me think. Probably not a lot, actually. I just have manic thoughts that come to me. And then if I have them when I have access to a computer, I'll pull, I'll just message Gust or whoever's relevant. Hmm. Uh, but other than that, I don't really spend a lot of time planning anything. Fair enough. Uh, this next question, the this question was asked by two people, and it's specifically for you. Oh, boy. Uh, and the question is, why? Okay, so... Uh, Look, I had a syringe, and it was filled with just, uh, you know, I had really cool ideas about what this knockout drug was going to do, and then after I bought it, I realized this isn't really much of a knockout drug, it just makes someone kind of sleepy, and I'm like, I'm not going to get a lot of value out of that. And then later, I was presented with an opportunity to just stick it in somebody, and I was like, you know, I'm never going to get a better chance than this to stick somebody with this drug that's not going to really benefit me in any way. So I stabbed him with it. Thank you very much. Yeah. That is, I think, all the questions we have for you. Okay. I got two direct questions in there, both just why. Yeah, pretty short, but, uh, you know, everyone's yeah. got to answer some. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I've got no mysteries attached. Uh, oh, I guess there is one other thing. Do you have anything that you you want to tell the players, uh, knowing knowing that they've just finished listening to Mission 3? Do, do you have any messages for them from the future? Oh, uh, geez, God. I'm so far in the future that it's actually hard for me to remember what I've done specifically in a lot of these missions. Well, uh, I apologize is... for spacing out the entirety of Mission 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose that's uh, that's fair. Sometimes, yeah. uh, sometimes we forget things. Yeah. Here is a quick Q&A, this time with Bees. Hi, I'm Bees. Alright, so we have some questions here. The first question is, if you got to pick a different secret society to be in, what would you pick? Like knowing what I know now or if I was just to re-roll a character? Because I think that would change my answer. <laughs> I mean, um, well, gosh. Uh, knowing what you know now, meaning like just with knowledge you've accumulated or like knowing what everyone else's societies are? Because I'm not knowing sure if that's fair. Knowing what everyone else's societies are? Yeah, that's not fair. Because I would pick something someone else's. <laughs> I guess I would probably pick something that was a lot safer. Like I, I, I would go Sierra Club or... Uh, even better, some kind of um, like robot toucher because there's so many that it's hard to it's hard to discern who it is. Whereas I'm in hell. <laughs> That's unfortunate. All right, which secret society would you least want to be in? Scions. Really? No, it would definitely be Purge. Uh, but I am having a bad time. I'm sorry to hear that. I just want to be an upstanding citizen in Alpha Complex. All right, and then uh, for this campaign. Do you have any regrets? So many. Hmm. Uh, I regret every conversation I've had with Ramian. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just for starters. Uh, I regret just all of it. I regret my actions. Period. Hmm. Um, okay. Wow. Well, uh, uh, hmm. All right, next question. Uh, what stunt are you most proud of having pulled off? Uh, my favorite thing, uh, 
100% is not really that it was that impressive of a thing to have done, um, but rather because Lightbulbs is so mean to me. And right after it happened, uh, he complimented me greatly without knowing, was when I poured the water into the into the filing cabinets and then later lights goes god whoever did that is a genius because i know that if he had seen it was me he would have been like that was the stupidest idea you've ever had bees but he can't take it back wonderful uh i'm so excited i'm so happy that someday he'll have to deal with that okay and uh last question is how much time goes into playing the game outside of the game for you how much time do you spend outside of sessions uh, doing stuff for or thinking about the game? Uh, at first it was it was constant, like a little bit uh, maybe unhealthy. Um, <laughs> but now uh, I've calmed down, and so it's just about, you know, whenever someone else mentions it, um, it, 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 it goes into my mind, and I'll look over my notes. Sometimes I'll rearrange them. So I guess uh, maybe a couple hours a week. But prior to, prior to uh, recently, I, I really did. I would spend the whole week after a game thinking about it, just constantly. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, that's it. Very short, very easy. Great. Sounds good. Short and easy. That's what we like. Mm-hmm. Hello. Fritter is not here because I decided to do this FAQ about two days before I actually published this episode because there was not really enough content in here for even a half hour. I wasn't really sure if I'd be able to schedule an interview with anybody in such a short time, but I managed to get four out of five. I think perhaps the intro to the next segment will be Fritter's Q&A, or I don't know, maybe something else. We'll see. But for now, that's everything we have. And I guess I said I was going to make this a shorter episode so I'd have more time to focus on my job, but I didn't. Oops. Either way, thank you for watching this episode of Paranoia. Fight together, or die a clone.